from the Kramer Basketball Headquarters in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You are listening to the Coach's Edge podcast, powered by CoachesEdge.coach. Here is your host, Steve Kramer. Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast. Man, this is a special episode. We have Doreen Ingalls, five-time state champion for St. Ignace Girls Basketball, Brian Morehouse, two-time national champion for Hope College Women's Basketball, and Jeremy Schiller, IMG Academy Boys Basketball Coach, all on the show. This was a panel we did in October for some of our Coach members, and we talked about the topic of winning. What does it mean? How do you build it from the culture, uh, the youth development aspect? How do we incorporate that from our best player all the way down to the 15th player in the rotation and all the roles that we play? This was an hour plus. I'm showing you about 20 minutes of some of the golden nuggets that our coaches dropped in this meeting. If you want more of this, join us, coachesedge.coach. It's a perfect time to be able to do that. Join our membership, see all the cool things that we're doing, the uploads, the videos, the PDFs, the special guests, the speakers, the presentations. It's awesome. Community of coaches hungry to get better, and that's what we're doing. We hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get to it. Coach Morehouse, I'm going to bring this back to you. Uh, the topic is winning for, for the evening, and when you think of winning, what comes to mind? Well, I think the obvious one is that you um, that that you win the games, but uh, I've always made it a point of um, the process to put yourself in a position to win is um, more important than actually uh, the wins. Now, I wouldn't be on here if I wasn't winning, neither would Doreen. I mean, that's <laughs> the fact that we have actually brought it across the finish line when the game is going. But I've always enjoyed the process of the practices, um, the development of the women that I have the opportunity to coach, not just on the court, but off the court and watching them then go on to do great things, you know, go to med school, go to dental school, go become teachers and business women and social workers. So to me, it's, um, I, I'm on here because we actually won the game, but I don't think that you win the game if you don't have all the other steps in place to develop the women that are in your program to be the highest functioning people they can. Okay, great. Yeah, I, I have to concur with uh, Coach Morehouse. I, he does a fantastic job in building a sense of family. And, you know, with for sure coaching women, if they are bonded together for one common goal and all in it together, there's not a stronger force that you can get. Um, you know, when you're you're on the island of we instead of a whole bunch of different islands, then you're definitely going to be a lot more successful. And, and success is you know, having a successful season, it all depends. You can trajectory, you know, make it whatever, what you, what your success button is, you know, I mean, you can have different goals for different years and not every year are you going to make it to the state championship or, you know, even win a district championship, but you got to make sure you have your goals and you attain your goals and, you know, you celebrate those. Um, and then just like he said, you got to make them better people being able to deal with adversity. Um, and then learning the power of we is, is, is huge. And, and what a, what a teammate it's, it's easy to be a star sometimes it's the role players that you can't do without those are the the base of your you know the base of your pyramid basically is because the, without good role players and all in then you're going to really have some cracks and you know in your foundation you can't really have that so 
you know, I, I think we've already kind of touched on it, but I think the bigger picture is when I think of winning and our like most winning teams is we're just a super connected group that poured into each other and generated like a lifelong impact on both sides. So I think it's it's short-sighted to look at wins and losses. When I think about winning, I, I look at my kids that have gone on to be doctors and lawyers and other things. And, yeah, we might have played in a state championship, but that stuff uh, gets forgotten really quick. Uh, obviously, those of us that did it together remember it, but the rest of it kind of melts away. So when I think of winning, I just think of, you know, pouring into each other, everyone being valued, as Coach mentioned, too. You know, I think one of the things I'm most proud of is it's like one thing when your winning team's best player communicates with you but for me when when we can still maintain those relationships one through 11 or one through 12 or the coaching staffs I, I just think I, I've never seen a, a, a winning program that isn't just connected with everybody rowing in the same direction and I think that there's a lot of ways to do that but obviously the goal is everybody to row in the same direction and and create a lifelong impact on each other you know it's not just my role to impact them that you know each of the players mm-hmm. I've been fortunate with have impacted my life too and I think that you know it's uh it's um it's it's both sides of that it's not just on one side so awesome next question coach Ingles you've had many successful teams all of you had um, but when you think of successful programs what are the main differences when you think of a team a successful team season a, a team that has a great year compared to a program that consistently has success year in and year out well, if you have a program that has some consistency to it with a lot of success along the way, I think it comes down to your elementary programs, your feeder programs, and, and kind of developing a culture at a younger age. It's it's really difficult to just start that when they get to high school. You got to kind of get them, you know, understanding, you know, that the the basis of your program and the, you know, the, the high important things like, you know, teamwork and defense and, you know, execution of fundamentals and different things like that and putting, you know, putting the time in and, and working in it with a positive attitude and, and control the controllables. You know, I'm helping out a little bit here and there with the middle school group. And, you know, you really have to hit them even before that. We have number issues as everywhere around. I mean, where our numbers are dwindling, you know, we only have a hundred and probably 154 kids in our school. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, it, it, the numbers are dropping. So you really have to kind of keep, um, keep them going and keep them positive and keep them engaged and, and give them, you know, give them the map, you know, give them the map of, of, of what you want with your program. Coach Schiller, when you think of some of those differences between a winning, winning team and a winning program, what comes to mind? I mean, first for me, like that's the pride I took in the program we built at Lakewood Ranch. Like I think anybody can have one winning season, uh, you might just get a good group of kids. You might get some talent. But I think kids really feel like a special connection when you're a part of a program, something that transcends years. So when they go through and they've kind of established the building blocks, they get to come back and visit those kids that are maintaining the culture that they created. And I think that's the biggest difference between like a team versus a program. Uh, you know, for us, we always said that like we built the program as coaches and they're all a part of it. And each individual team was theirs and they owned that. That was theirs. But we all own the program. We were all in it together. Uh, I think it gave kids a bit of a way to value their individual year, but still feel connected to the the past that they created. Uh, and I think the key is getting everyone invested in something bigger than themselves. I think that is really what building a strong program is about, is where they value the program over their individual needs 
Um, and, and it's everybody doing that. You know, I used the term earlier, rowing in the same direction. I think that's what a program's all about is building something out, depending on what level you're at. Obviously, high school is different from college. But, you know, I think where you get the parents, the players, uh, the future players, the future parents, everyone kind of feeling invested in what's happening. I think that's really a program, whereas a team could just be, you know, an assembly of talent for one year. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Coach Mo. Yeah, I think they hit it on the head. I mean, uh, I haven't watched Jeremy's teams play, but, um, you know, I've been a I've been a close observer of the Engels family and what they've built. And um, I mean, they got like kindergartners and first graders that are going to the games and it's like the biggest thing of their life and like they just grow up wanting to be a part of it and um it's so it's so cool to watch what uh what they've built up there because um the reason that they have won all these games and is because it's sustainable and it's a culture as opposed to a team and it's something that you know we would try to emulate you know I've, i've been fortunate enough to be able to bounce you know, questions off um, the Ingles and um, just watch how they built it. And um, college is different than high school, but it's not that much different because highly functioning companies, businesses, uh, school systems, um, whatever you want to say, they all, they all have similar vibes to them. And that is, um, you know, whether it's the the secretary or whether it's the janitor, uh, whether it's the people on the team, um, whether it's the CEO of the company, um, they're united in what they're trying to accomplish. And they realize that nobody's more important than somebody else. Like, I guarantee you that the the janitors at St. Ignis feel incredibly valued and that the secretary and the bus driver feel incredibly valued. And um, when that happens, you get this synergy and this energy that carries uh, you to heights that you can't accomplish on your own. And you can't do those things multiple years in a row. You might have a you might have a great year, but you're not going to have a great decade. And that's the difference between a team and a program. Coach Schiller, what's the hardest part about winning? <laughs> um, you know, having built a program, the program I took over at Lakewood Ranch High School was not very good. Um, I. Th- and then we we grew into being really really good. I, I think the hardest uh, hardest thing is is when you you generate the standards you're gonna you're gonna make your program about, and then you have to stick to it as you build relationships. And like early in my process, I, I felt like the hardest thing was having to cut kids that didn't buy into what we were doing, um, even though they loved basketball and they wanted to be a part of it. They weren't willing to do what it took. I think over time, the hard thing about it is maintaining it uh you know these things kind of take on a life of their own and you win 20 20 games for seven straight years and everybody just assumes it's going to happen the eighth year and they don't always understand that like the process that it took to get there uh and that there's no way to skip those steps no matter how strong your program is you still have to reteach those kids as they come through and if they watch when they're in kindergarten that, yeah, you saw that kid doing those things in those games, but this is the process it took to get there. So I think every year doing that. And then, um, you know, in this environment, I think it's maintaining strong enough relationships that players don't look for other options. You know, one of the things that's really challenging in high school, and I know it's at every level, is the you know, high school almost has its own transfer portal in Florida where kids just bounce around. And one of the things I was most proud of related to our program was for the 10 years I was at Lakewood Ranch, 
we didn't have a single varsity rotation player transfer. And so that means that they were, we were, we were building good relationships. We were doing, you know, the right things by the kids, but that's, that's really hard to do. It's, I would argue that was three or four years ago. It might even be impossible to do now. Um, But I think that that's the thing is really hard is uh, helping kids understand the process that it takes and then being able to maintain the relationships where they stay with you long enough that they can see the outcome of all the work. Uh, Cause this generation definitely looks for, a more transactional thing or their parents do. So trying to maintain that is, is, is really hard in this climate. That's a good piece there. Coach Mo, hardest part about winning. Uh, winning again. I mean, <laughs> I think, uh, I think a lot of people can win on a given year. Um, I think the, uh, I think actually as you win more, um, the pressure actually goes up because now everybody just thinks that you've got it figured out. And, um, you know, when that pressure goes up, um, like you don't want to let the people down around you. And, it, and it's kind of like a drug uh, also. Like once you start winning, you almost can't imagine your life not winning. And the danger there comes with um, you, you can't, start to take shortcuts just to win and that's hard because you know when you take over a program that wasn't very good which i did um you remember when you were bad and you never want to go back there um but you can't take the shortcuts to continue winning because if you do um you stop holding young people to a standard and once you do that it i mean it's over like you start taking shortcuts you, it's 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 over and you might win on a very temporary basis that year but in the end you're going to lose start to lose and then you're going to lose your program and once it starts to go in the other direction um i think it's really hard to get it back we hope you are enjoying this episode. A couple new updates for CoachesEdge.Coach members. We recently uploaded our PSC or our passer screener cutter drill 13-minute video breakdown showing you one of our camps, what it looks like as far as teaching some of our screening, some of our cutting, different actions with three players. And then we have our 2-3 zone offense clinic with Coach Troshak half-hour on-court presentation with a college team. That's also uploaded onto Coach's Edge. Coach. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you do, please leave a positive rating and review. It goes a really long way. Thank you. Next one, Coach Ingles, you mentioned the importance of role players and any successful program has buy-in from the best player down to, you know, the 15th player on the roster. Can you talk a little bit about the the challenge of how you can get players to buy into their role and kind of the different dynamics we have with our, our panelists and uh, kind of different seats and levels they're in and how vital uh, it is for people to buy into their roles. Absolutely. The role players key. I mean, and they have to know exactly what their role is too. They can't be guessing because that takes away, you know, that tracks them from all their energy into what you want them to do. And you have to celebrate their, their, their successes. I mean, it could be a 22nd stint on the floor, take a charge, get a deflection, get a steal, get a stop. I mean, draw a foul. It could be, could be just something minute uh, as far as time, but the emphasis of the game, it can really, 
could really change over. So I think they really have to embrace that role, you know, push it to the fullest. I mean, we've had our ankle biters that we, you know, put in the game and just get out there and just, you know, just jump right down onto the guard and try to stop them and uh, do their thing. And they take pride in that. And, and you celebrate that. I mean, it's just, it's so important or, or you know, you got kids that, you know, like to just a, repeat a little bit of what they just said about the winning season. Some, some years, you know, you're just not going to have a winning season. I mean, or you'll have a winning season, but it won't be to what people are used to. I mean, we went six straight years to the final four and that seventh, eighth and ninth year after we lost in the quarterfinals and it almost felt like, you know, it was a losing season. And it's like these kids, there's such high expectations and that, that puts a lot of pressure on them, but you know, there's, there's good and bad with that. And, you know, then there's other years where the best you're going to get, is hopefully a, a winning season above 500 or whatever it may be but you have to set your goals and, and just but those role players you got to celebrate them because you know the stars you have to celebrate at times but you know they're going to get their accolades and they're going to get their name in the paper but it's the ones that you know you can't quantitate on a stat sheet what they did and what the impact of the game is and it could only be for a minute it could be for four whatever it is but you got to really celebrate them because they're the ones that are going to bring your team up not drag down so they're the anchor so you're gonna push them you know you need your role players totally mm -hmm. thank you coach Shelley. so just to piggyback on what coach said i, I think the valuing it uh we all have to value it the players the coaches the head coach everybody has to value every player on the team because every role is vital uh i years ago i I, one of my best players like pulled me aside and wanted to have a conversation because he said, coach, I've been our leading scorer like the last 10 games and you haven't said anything about it because I value the other things that kids were doing, what I would call like the controllables over his explosive scoring. And, and I apologize because obviously he should be rewarded <laughs> for, for that as well. But because like coach said, those, those guys are going to get their paper. They're going to like be in the newspaper or be online or whatever. They're going to get their recognition so really celebrating what the other guys do. And I think focusing on the controllables, you know, for us, we tend to value things that everybody could do on the team, no matter what. Uh, so in doing that, it gives the role players, I would say more energy because everybody's a role player. It just depends on if that role fits exactly what they need. And then I think the other thing is tough, transparent conversations early. I think for me, when I was at Lakewood Ranch, uh, essentially our top eight or nine guys would play pretty regularly. I didn't feel a need to define what they did. Uh, I felt like we all had roles and responsibilities within that. But when we looked at our 10 through 11 or 12, I would literally meet with them and their parents prior to the season to make sure they understood that, although these are the things they could do to change it, they're currently in a role that's going to not be probably what they wanted for their whatever year that was. Uh, and I felt like having those conversations ahead of time eliminated a lot of issues, especially involving the parents. Because at the end of the day, I think players kind of know, I think getting the parents involved in those discussions um, and then in defining roles, I'd encourage coaches not to box people in. You know, although these are your roles, these are kind of the things where you have areas of growth, especially in the environment I'm in at IMG. Our job is to develop everybody. Uh, winning is secondary to player development, which is a really unique experience. Um, but we want to make sure that we put guys in the right spots to be successful currently, but also make sure that they're growing. So I think as you define roles, make sure that they understand their areas of growth along with what they're doing to help the team, because it is about everyone getting, you know, getting better and having a good experience. I love this dynamic. We got a high school coach, uh, a coach at IMG, who's like, your role is to get these guys 
division one basketball scholarships uh and eventually play pro a lot of them uh and then we got the the college level over here so uh coach mo your turn you know i think that's it's incredibly important um we built our basketball program um you know i i kind of I, I was in the men's side before I went to the women's side um, 29 years ago, and um, I copied, you know, a lot early on from what our what our men's coach did. He played a lot of people. Um, he certainly had superstars, but um, like he played a lot. He played a lot of people, and you know, I I've always done that in my basketball program. We've always played ten. Um, in our national championship season two years ago, um, you know, people uh, were a little bit blown away by the fact that we had a starting five and we didn't sub a person. We subbed a unit like we literally went five for five and they developed their own identity and they weren't the starters. Um, but they then people started, you know, loving that group actually i i swear they liked that group more than they liked our starters um and they they named them the chaos crew because they came in and they just like to doreen's point like they came in and like they they just had roles and like they they were wild like they they ball pressured and they got after people and um you know they might not have the the height or the skill set of the starters but um, they just impacted the game at such a high level that they got their own nickname and um, and it was fun. But we've always been about um, about the role players. Um, and to Coach Schiller's point, um, you know, we we had a we had a young lady who, um, you know, she didn't make our team, um, was on our JV team, um, developed uh, into a, a better player uh, about halfway through that year. Um, and then another kid on that team, uh, you know, didn't develop a lot until the next year. Um, and the kid that um, the, the kid that started off on the JV team and kept developing, she was um, in the all tournament team in the final four in her junior year. Um, and the other kid probably won us the national championship coming off the bench. Um, and. I just think like you got to give people room to improve. Um, you you can't box them in because sometimes the kids that come in with the most star studded resumes are closer to their, um, uh, their ceiling and the other kids, um, you know, you, they just need a little bit of love. They need a little bit of coaching. Um, you know, it's like this seedling and you're just kind of watering it and you're fertilizing it. And you never know when that's going to pass the tree that's next to it. And now they're the biggest tree in the forest. Special thank you to Coach Schiller, Coach Morehouse, Coach Ingles, and the time that they spent on winning. We all want to win. How can we go about doing that, winning on the court and off the court? This was a, an amazing time together. I can't wait to do it again. Good luck to each of those coaches as they dive into their upcoming league season. Thank you for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. If you find it beneficial, please a positive rating and review. It goes a really, really long way. And if there's anything I can do for you as far as coaching resources and the cool things that we're doing serving coaches around the country and even around the world, reach out to me, contact at KramerBasketball.com.